0: test the happened Greetings Playtimers old and new. Welcome back or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett and I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina and this is a podcast dedicated to children and play therapy coming at both of those things from a child-centered perspective. And today on Playtime I want to chat about boundaries because boundaries are, gosh, essential for our life as a person in this world, it is very difficult to live in the world and not have good boundaries. It's probably especially difficult to live in the world today and not have good boundaries. I mean, if you find yourself being emotionally flooded with all of the chaos and confusion and large emotions that are happening during this time, or you're finding yourself so worried about COVID or something else that you just feel like you're constantly under a barrage of stress and anxiety and angst about the state of things in the world or the state of your life, that would mean that your uh, your boundaries with those things probably isn't great. <laughs> probably isn't great. I mean, also, I don't want to uh, minimize the deep, dark struggles of life and of our society, at least in the American neck of the woods, while at the same time naming that We all need to have some boundaries. We all need to have a time where we are able to tune out the things we want to tune out and tune into the things that we want to tune into, whether that's ourselves, whether that's the people around us, whoever. And fortunately for us, there is a group of individuals in this world who have exceptional boundaries, who often are very clear about The things that they don't want to do are clear about the people that they're not totally ready to connect to. These individuals sometimes hide when a new person comes around or don't want to say hi to them because they don't want to let them inside of their boundaries, yet these people are often very clear with their preferences and what they like and what they don't like, and these people that I am talking about, of course, are children. Sometimes I imagine what it must have been like long ago for lots of different people all over the place and what it's still like for some people now where they live in a tight-knit community where you know everybody, where there's not a lot of new people or strangers. And while I'm sure that can... I've never experienced that myself from people I know who have experienced that in the modern world, say they, they describe it as being at times a little claustrophobic and gossipy but a benefit of it would be that you wouldn't meet a lot of new strangers and you wouldn't have a lot of surprises in terms of the new people that you were around and i've always found it very interesting about children that when many children meet a new person for the first time they'll often hide behind their parents or they'll they'll hide behind something or they won't want to say hello to a new person Sometimes children, when they come in for their first therapy session with me, are very shy. Very shy. They'll uh, maybe look around at the different toys if they're feeling shy. Sometimes they'll just sit, and then maybe I'll give a little bit of a tour of the space while they just sit there and listen to me. Maybe they won't make eye contact with me for a long period of time, and... I think the way as adults that we often go about managing children and their boundaries is I often see children pressured in those situations like, hey, you should say hi to so-and-so or you should say bye to so-and-so or, or, you know, you should not be behind my leg, you know, you can stand in front of me. And I, I get the rationale behind that. There is a desire, I think, on the part of parents, caregivers, whoever, to have their child not be rude to the person that they're talking to. Right? I mean, we have these kinds of customs in our society where you know, someone says hi and you say hi and they say how you're doing and then you say good and then you ask them how they're doing that there's a little bit of social decorum inside of that. There's a there's a greeting that we do and we all feel a little bit more comfortable when we we greet each other and we greet each other with a smile at least here in the old US of A and that lets the person that we're talking to know that we're going to be friendly, and they're going to be friendly, and then that's that's our social way of easing some tension inside of the conversation and coming at it from a place of positivity, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling on that, and I'm also trying to speculate, I guess, the reason why children would be pressured in those situations to talk to adults, and I think it's so that they aren't rude, but ultimately, I have a fear with all of that, and the fear that I would have is that all of us were children once, and so all of us at one point or another, had our boundaries broken that way. I can remember my boundaries being broken that way when I was a kid, when I was feeling shy, but I was told I had to say hi to someone or I was told that I had to be in a certain spot. And that's a way for adults, ultimately, to break the boundaries of the child. And fair enough. That helps you be more social. It has been ingrained into me, as it has been with most adults that I know, that when someone says hi to you, you say hi back to them and you go through that social custom. My fear with the boundaries ultimately is that when we break children's boundaries in that way they do enter into connection with the person who we are asking them to talk to but then when they do so they still are holding that fear inside of them they're still holding that hesitancy about talking to the other person that emotion that fear of that boundary that they have hasn't just magically disappeared When they come forward and shyly say hi to someone who they've, you know, naturally chosen to have some distance with because that's a new person. And while it may be helpful in getting that short hi-hi thing, if that's the whole point of, you know, breaking the child's boundaries, what it doesn't do, say, is allow that child to fully connect to that adult in their world. And what I mean by that is, is that say like in a play therapy session and a child is choosing to have some boundaries between themselves and the therapist, say they've they've maybe built a wall out of toys between the two, they're hiding someplace, they won't make eye contact, they don't want to talk, they're not saying hi, they're just silent and withdrawn for a lot of the session, like all of that is fine from the perspective of a play therapist it's fine if they take their own space it's fine if they have their boundary and then when that connection finally happens when that intimacy finally occurs it is done with the child's consent not just with their consent but with their moving towards that intimacy with them bringing their whole selves into being in intimacy with the clinician, in connection with the clinician, and when they bring their whole selves, they're not bringing their whole selves with that fear and with that hesitation that they felt on the front end which means that they are available for connecting. They are available for bringing their whole selves. They are available to share whatever emotions are coming up for them. They're able to move through all of their unconscious and whatever else they need to project onto the play or the conversation inside of the session. Like They're able to connect without those boundaries. And the fear there is that when we fight children on their boundaries, That place in them of hesitancy, of being shy, of being anxious, it still exists inside of them. When we force children to violate their own boundaries, we don't give them the chance to be comfortable on their own terms. And children want to be in connection with the people in their environment. Let's even take the example outside of a play therapy session, when you're connecting with a child in life. At least when I'm connecting with a child I know in life, and I respect their boundaries on the front end. And I continue to spend time around that child and with that child. That child continues to take baby steps towards me every time, in session and out. They want to be in connection. It is not comfortable for a child oftentimes to not be in connection with someone in their environment. And if there is someone who's available to be in connection with them, who does want to be in connection with them, they can feel that and they'll move towards that person but on their own terms and in their own time. And it's not like it takes months and months and months or years and years and years to happen. It can happen relatively quickly. And as therapists, of course, we believe more or less that a lot of the emotional wounding that a person can undergo, lots of our habits of relating and behaving and our relationship to our emotions and to ourselves and to other people and our attachment, that a lot of that is rooted in our childhood. We should also probably be careful with that stuff sometimes. I mean, human beings are exceptionally complicated and uh, hopefully as a field, we don't naively feel that we have the human experience mapped and figured out at this point, but there's some truth in there and I can think of a lot of adults who struggle with things like boundaries, Who have a hard time being boundaried with other people, who have a hard time when someone in their orbit is feeling an emotion and not taking it on, who have a hard time saying no or have a hard time saying yes or have a lot of social anxiety or have a lot of social just all kinds of different attachment issues to other people and it feels weird or makes them nervous to be around new people. Like adults struggle with boundaries and struggle with attachment and struggle with new people all the time. Lots and lots and lots of adults struggle with those things. And it feels like it should also be pointed out that as adults, we can be guilty of breaking children's boundaries, of not helping children to move through and conquer their fear internally, but just to shelve it and ignore it and continue with what they're doing. Adults can even struggle with, like, their own will. Like, what do I want? What do I not want? How do I move towards the things I want? And we can also break that will very early on with children by forcing them to do different things by neglecting or saying that we don't really care about their own feelings about a situation and they just have to submit to the standards. And when your boundaries are shot and when your will is shot, those can be difficult things to recover in this life as a person. They're not impossible by any means, but... But it can take some work to recover those things and part of that work perhaps could be even just watching children. I love spending time with children and seeing how clear and how immediate and how transparent their boundaries are and learning some from that. I mean, as adults, we obviously learn emotional discretion. We obviously learn that there are some things that we will feel or think or whatever else that we're not going to share with other people. That's just ours but we can still notice all of our reactions and feelings inside of ourselves. We can still notice when we feel like, "Ooh, I want to have a boundary or I want to be protected from this other thing. And I do think that if we approach children with respect for their boundaries and allow them to move through their boundaries and allow them to be the masters of their own fear and masters of what they're connected to that we can raise some children who are who feel a little bit more powerful who feel connected to what they want who will still continue to be socialized in this world because they'll learn what it's like to be around people and it's like oh sometimes there are some things you shouldn't say or sometimes there's you say hi to someone even though you don't want to just to be nice but who can also still Still be connected to their wants, their preferences, who they want to be around, what kind of life they want to build for themselves, and to be true individuals in that regard. There are some people who say that therapy in general and child therapy in particular are just tools of the therapeutic state, trying to get people to submit to all of these standards and prescriptions to have them be good citizens in the world who don't feel too disrupted so they don't make any waves or changes and that the machinery of the modern world can just keep chugging along i'm probably actually guilty of being one of those people but in child therapy we have a choice at all times we have a choice we have a choice between having our treatment be geared towards having the child submit, having our treatment be geared towards breaking that child's boundaries, breaking that child's will, having them be part of this larger structure in a way that makes it easier for the adults in their world to raise them and and take care of them, to have them be good little citizens who go to a place from 9 to 3 every day and do their homework and accept the evaluations of their teachers and whoever else, like we can have... Therapy can either be supporting the status quo, or it can be supporting something different. It can be supporting children being true individuals. It can be supportive of the unique individuality of each child, and their unique journey, and their unique struggles, and the uniqueness of the person that they are going to grow into. And part of helping a child grow into the person that they can become, to grow into their potential as a human being, is to respect their boundaries, is to help the adults understand the child's boundaries if you're a therapist working with a child, and respect those boundaries, and find a way to have those boundaries be respected while also having whatever functioning needs to happen in whatever environments happen. And those boundaries, at the end of the day, are necessary. They are necessary protective agents For the child or for any person to be able to develop with some consistency and safety and to not be overwhelmed by the stimulus of the world or to just have to ignore your emotions and move on with things anyway. And there are some that say also that we are living in a post-fact world. It's hard to know for many people what's true and what's not true anymore. And people get different sources of information for their news that often just confirm their own worldview and a question would be how do we raise children for a post-fact world how do you raise children when they're exposed regardless of what side you're on to a high level of information that's not true that's not true how do we raise children to be able to identify truth from falsehood how do we raise children to be in a world where they will often be barraged with information and how do we prepare them for that barrage. And I'm definitely open to ideas if you have any ideas on how to do that, hit me up. I'd love to hear them. But the best way that I can think of how to do that is for children to have boundaries to be able to have some internal say of what comes in and what comes out. And then when something comes in, how they feel about it. To be in touch with their own feelings about things. To be able to touch with the deep sense of like, ooh, that doesn't that doesn't feel right to me. That's coming from a place of hate, or that's coming from a place of fear, or that just doesn't seem valid. And then also being able to sink into like, ooh, this does feel right to me. This does feel good. It does connect with my values. It does connect with the kind of person that I want to be. And to be able to tune things out when they need to. And to tune in when they need to. And to be in control. To have individual control of that process. And we... Help children with that by simply allowing them to have the boundaries that they have. Maybe naming for them like, ah, you're not, you're not ready to connect to me yet. And you're choosing to sit over there turned away from me and to have your own protected space. Or you've decided that you'd like to be quiet during this session and I want you to know that I respect that. Or, huh? now you're peeking out at me from under that blanket there. You're taking a look. You're surveying me. You're seeing, who is this guy? What's going on in here? We, there's a way to still be connective in that space. And to name with those things like, hey, I accept your boundaries. I see your boundaries. I respect your right as a person to not connect with me right now if you don't want to. And to connect to me when you're ready. And then to not lose that sense of fear and to not lose that sense of hesitation and to not lose that protective aspect. Because that protective aspect, those boundaries, they're going to serve children when they grow up way, way more than anything that we can provide for them. And that's all I have for this episode of Playtime. Thank you so much for listening. I'm finding myself these days... Having a harder time coming up with episodes, and I don't ever want to just release episodes just to release them and just to talk, that's a waste of your time and mine, so I will continue to respect when I feel like I don't have much to say, and I have this feeling in my gut that it's going to be like two weeks or so before I come out with another episode. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Of course, the show is offered for free and in the spirit of the gift. It is a podcast after all, which all podcasts are free. You can also support the show by writing in and asking a question about something, which maybe will stimulate me a little bit and give me some material for the podcast. As always, get in touch with me if you would like. And yep, catch you all next time.